Hello everyone and welcome to What Gets You Cooking, the podcast reinventing the way we look at food, cook it and share it. I'm Virginie Fai-Giorgio, your host on the podcast, and every other Friday I will share interviews and perspectives of food experts like chefs, nonprofits, cooking schools, dietitians, farmers and families to help you get inspired to simplify your cooking the way you think about it, so you can have fun in your kitchen and nourish everyone in the family. I want to welcome you to a community of families who want to lead a more balanced life, taking care of themselves inside and out. Welcome to episode 21 about mindful cooking. Thank you for being here and listening today and welcome if it's your first time listening to the podcast. Today, I'm going to interview Ada, Ada Mancia Velonis, who lives in London. She's going to share with us her story and how she created Marmalade and Kindness, her online cooking journal she launched to inspire and encourage people to find moments of mindfulness and creativity through cooking. On that journal, she's sharing tried and tested recipes featuring organic, seasonal produce, and she aims to inspire you to develop a daily cooking habit. Her recipes encourage you to develop your intuition as a cook, to use all of your senses, and adapt the recipes to your tastes and those you cook for. I feel completely aligned with her philosophy of mindful cooking that is quite unique, and I love that all recipes incorporate wellness tips at the bottom, under the practice makes perfect section. All right, let's dive in. Hi, Ada. How are you doing today? I'm really well. How are you? I'm doing great. We are on vacation and uh, at the time of the recording. And uh, we're enjoying beautiful weather in California. So um, how is it in London? Oh, it's amazing. We actually have a really beautiful sunny day as well. So I'm trying to enjoy the weather as much as I can, what we've got left of summer at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So why don't you just uh, tell us a bit about what you're doing with Marmalade and Kindness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Marmalade and Kindness, uh, it's been just such an amazing journey. And um, I think, you know, to sort of give you a bit of context, um, my interest um, in food, I think, really started with my grandmother. I, um, I have a Greek background and I'm so lucky to have these, you know, memories of her making food from scratch, you know, these beautiful phyllo pies and watching her roll out these sheets of pastry until they were just, you know, paper thin. Um, and just, you know, the sound of, you know, the dough slapping against the marble bench. So, I remember as a little girl being in charge of, you know, sprinkling the flour into her hand so it wouldn't stick. So I think food and home cooking has just always been part of me. But, you know, there was this period, I think, when I was studying and, um, you know, working in a really demanding corporate job. And I found that I had sort of lost that connection. And um, it wasn't until really, you know, 2019 when I moved to London uh, to be with my partner that cooking, it just really became part of my life again. And uh, that move from, you know, Melbourne, Australia uh, to the UK was amazing. But um, I'd never actually been that far from my family and friends before. And London was just, you know, so welcoming. But it really was this period of adjustment. 
And I really found that cooking, it, it became my outlet and it gave me some purpose. And I was spending um, you know, a lot of time by myself, actually, during the day. I was still working Australian hours and you know, Andrew was, was at the office. So it was, it was actually quite isolating. And I remember one day pulling down you know, my favorite sort of Greek cooking book and I, I was feeling, you know, quite low and, and just sort of looking for inspiration. And this little piece of paper fell out, and um, I realized it actually had my grandmother's handwriting on it. And she had written down one of her um, biscuit recipes in Greek. Oh, I and, love that. Oh, I was so overcome because you know, I was holding this piece of paper in my hands, and it was it was like having her there. And she, she never actually taught me to cook before she passed away. And I sort of had to piece it together, um, you know, as, as, a, as a young woman. And um, uh, it's so funny. You, you might have similar um, memories, but these sort of Eastern European grandmothers, they never used to write things down. You know, it was always oh, in yeah. their heads. Yeah. Yep. Um, so <laughs> Not finding writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so finding this little clue from the past, it just... Um, it had so much meaning for me. And when I started making her dishes again, you know, they were foods that, I, honestly, I, I hadn't eaten them since I was a little girl, really. And the process, it was so comforting and it was so healing. And I found that, you know, through the cooking, I could actually get into this space of flow and focus so quickly. And it was such a powerful way to actually deal with all these distracting thoughts. And um, marmalade and kindness, it was funny. It, it wasn't actually until some months later when I was in Athens with my mother and just really thinking hard about you know, what contribution I wanted to make to the world. And, and so just reflecting on you know, what I call mindful cooking and the benefits it had for me, it just, um, just sort of came together. My love for writing and cooking and self-development and Marmalade and Kindness was born. And um, the name actually is quite personal to me. I, um, I feel like marmalade, it represents this sort of warmth and you know, love of homemade seasonal food. And kindness, it just captures that intentionality um, that we bring to preparing and, and sharing food with other people. So I think, you know, um, by treating this experience of cooking, you know, with intention and, and being present in the moment, I, you know, I felt confident again. I felt creative again. And, you know, reflecting on, on everything I had learned along the way, I started this site so that, you know, I could share not only this amazing adventure of being in the UK, but um, also to inspire other people uh, to explore, you know, the benefits of, of mindfulness. Yeah, and what I find um, especially interesting is looking at your profile. It's um, taking you to a complete different area of your regular day job mm. because you work in uh, IT, if I got this right. Yeah, management consulting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a very different um, kind of creativity, if you could put it that way, to think about problems. And that's really, I mean... The cooking is in, is interesting because what um, I've said in past episodes and read about in different studies is that a lot of people envision cooking as um, a stressful experience and um, something that they may struggle with because they don't have the right ID or they think they don't have the right skills. But as you said, once you get into it, it's like a writer's block. Once you sit down yes. and decide to write, 
you can get into the zone and then yes, you feel yes. better and more confident and it is like a meditative moment. It's just so funny that you say that because um, one of my colleagues actually, <laughs> he sort of says, you know, every day when he comes home from work, it doesn't matter what sort of day he's had, that he has to cook. Mm-hmm. He will cook his meal. He will cook his dinner because, as you say, it, it is that um, that daily activity that gives him that release and allows him to sort of have that creativity and and free his mind. And actually, rather than being, you know, as you say, something stressful or you know something that's a, a chore to sort of add to your stress, actually, it can help us relieve it. You know, the movement and the physicality of cooking and even just being aware of the effect that the the process has on you physically. You know, how do I feel when I'm next to a hot oven? How do I feel when I'm chopping? You know, what am I doing with my shoulders? Where is the tension in my body? And as you say, it it can be almost like a bit of an informal um, meditation practice if we come to it with that intention. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And it does build confidence. I mean, I've even read about um, cooking therapy as in, and it's, it's really interesting that depending on what kind of part of the process of cooking you may struggle with, uh, it will build your confidence. If you need to follow a recipe, follow a recipe. If you want to increase your creativity, don't follow a recipe. Look at what's in your fridge. So that I find quite interesting myself. Oh, look, I think it's, um, it's really powerful. And, you know, I think one of the things I love about mindfulness so much is that, as you say, it's, a, it's an approach that you can sort of bring to any of if, any of your daily activities, really. What we're talking about is just cultivating that awareness of the here and now. And I think, um, you know, as you say, cooking, it is so deeply immersive. Um, you know, when you think of all the, um, all the senses that you bring to that experience, you know, like when you're cutting fresh pumpkin, that the smell of it, or, you know, the texture of the ingredients and the colours. And um, I think what you're saying is, is just, it really mirrors my philosophy because when you pay attention to what you're doing um, and the recipe, for example, you can really get into that zone very quickly. And when you go back to doing something else, you do feel calmer. You do feel um, more present. And I, I sort of feel like, um, you know, my whole approach to food now is just so much more holistic when I think about it through this lens. I think, you know, so often we hear about um, mindful eating and you know, you know that whole focus on um, you know chewing our food properly and savoring our meals, which you know absolutely is one part of it. But um, I think mindful cooking is so much more than that. It, you know, it's what you say. It's this whole cycle of you know the produce that you're buying. You know how your body feels when you're having something. You know the process of cooking it and preparing it, challenging yourself through the process, learning through the process. Um, achieving a sense of mastery and confidence and you know as you say creativity thinking about what you already have in the fridge um you know and and who it is that you're actually preparing the meal for and um as you as you were talking about it I'm sort of thinking to a recent um recipe that's actually on the site which is um it seems like a very simple sort of summer recipe it's a watermelon and feta salad but at the bottom of um all the recipes on my website there's a mindfulness tip and it's called practice makes progress. And I, you know, I just think what you say about um, progression and continually learning just fits so beautifully into this because um, all the tips complement the recipe that they go with. And you know, making salad—it's so quick. 
that, you know, I invite people to actually think about, you know, all the senses that they're bringing to the preparation, you know, like cutting the fennel, what does that smell like? You know, the aniseed smell, like the sweetness of um, the tropea onions, which are, you know, this gorgeous um, sweet red onion variety out of Italy. And thinking, you know, the crack of the, the pepper grinder or the texture of crumbling the feta between your fingers, you know, it's, um, I think when we think about, okay, where are my senses and, and how can I bring my whole self to this task? All of a sudden we think, well, how can I be more present in other things that I'm doing? And I feel like you can sort of um, get these benefits in other areas of your life as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's, uh, that's really what I find interesting is that it does involve all of your senses. We just usually don't mm. pay much attention to it. Yes. Yes. So um, you you were uh, just talking. So on the on your website, uh, Marmalade and Kindness, you have a, a lot of recipes, and you also have um, weekly profiles of. Uh, is it only uh, women profiles? I was seeing, or <laughs> it is, is it, on it purpose is a- <laughs> or not on purpose? Just happens to be. Can you tell us a, a bit more about those weekly profiles that you um, those women yeah. or people you highlight every week on your website as well? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, Marmalade and Kindness, it really is for me building a community. And um, as you say, I I love stories and I love sharing other people's stories. And we do two um, interviews a week and the series is called In the Kitchen With. And it it really works to highlight uh, female creators, um, so authors, um, artists, photographers, um, but also female entrepreneurs, women in business, and sort of bringing those two worlds together, um, I think, because basically that's a reflection of myself. I mean, as we were saying at the start of the show, I, I do have a corporate background. I've, you know, I've worked as a lawyer. I've trained as a lawyer. I work in management consulting. But there's also this other side to me, quite a, you know, a deeply personal side of me, which I'd love to share. And I love being able to bring together that wholeness and just sort of say, well, you know what, as women, um, there is there is so much to us and there is so much complexity and we're not just, you know, corporate networking um, or just, you know, in a sort of domestic sphere. Um, so In the Kitchen kind of highlights that and I use um, 10 sort of um, prompts uh, to sort of get answers out of people about, you know, things that are important to them or practices that ground them and everyone answers the same set of questions but I'm always so surprised every week and with each person the different voice that they bring to it and um, sometimes the similarities or themes that come out but also just the differences in people and I don't I don't edit people I um I let them sort of share their story in their own words and and I love it it's um it's so beautiful to sort of bring this community together and also link other women together through it so yeah um, yeah, really, I, I really I like the so approach. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe outside of COVID, we have to say, how do you usually yeah. prepare your food? Do you like that part? Because I feel like a lot of people who tend to cook a lot or love food, this element of the sharing the f- of the food is really important to everyone. What's your take on that? Look, I think, um, you know, particularly in great cooking from my grandmother, I've had this amazing example of just you know generosity Mm -hmm. and cooking for other people um I think you know just that whole generation there was no um holding back you know the nice things for yourself if anyone would come over you would always put you know your best foot forward and try and show them sort of love and 
welcome them. And, you know, the way she would do that would be sort of put on these, you know, amazing feasts and there would always be um, way too much food. Yep. <laughs> um, just way too much food. And, you know, and I think this is actually something that sort of crosses cultures. I mean, I, I was lucky to see this example um, in terms of Greek cooking, but my um, my partner's family is Australian. I mean, and his his mother is exactly the same. I mean, her house is always open, you know, so welcoming and so full of love. And, you know, um, she, she will always just put on these these, these beautiful um, sort of celebrations and have gorgeous memories of sort of spending Christmas in Brisbane um, with them and and just, you know, the spread that she put out was just gorgeous. So uh, I feel like sharing, I mean, this is um, this is how we build connection. Um, and even now during COVID, okay, you know, it's just been um, me and Andrew at home sharing meals between ourselves. But I think we've really seen the importance of connecting over a meal. You know, when I think of the kitchen table, you know, it's a place of laughter and chatting and, and telling each other what you've done during the day. And you know, COVID's been really stressful. and it's so easy to get lost in, you know, your own world with the computer and the phone and people contacting you. Um, but being really intentional about eating together and creating that space for us and taking those, you know, moments in the day to just stop um, and connect over something that we've, you know, made together or that we've made for each other is, I don't know, it's just such a wonderfully grounding practice. And, um, I mean, I, I could share some sort of tips and things that we've we've done during COVID to kind of um, save that space for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I, one of the things I um, I always try and do is express thanks. And I think often, um, you know, when we sit down for a meal, we'll, we'll sort of say, "Oh, thank you," you know, and then we sort of start eating. Um, but I really now tried to make it more specific. You know, if there's something I, I really love, if I think you know, he's been really creative in making something or just taken the time to do something. I'll be very specific about that compliment to just really show that I care and I acknowledge the effort that's gone into that. Um, yeah. So I think little things like that, yeah, are, are really powerful. I agree with you. We are, in my family with our two little boys, we are, Yes. We try to do that to express our gratitude at dinner because as you said, it's a it's a moment that everyone can take and stop looking at their screen and share what happened during the day. And that's something that I want them to um to be conscious of as little children, mm -hmm. you know, like that you what happened during your day, what you know, just take a minute to reflect and don't take everything for granted. Give thanks to whatever or whomever did something that was really amazing during your day for you. And um, yeah, I think it's um, a great moment that. around the, the dining table. Oh, look, I love that. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I keep a daily gratitude journal. Um, I actually use Intelligent Change. I love the journal. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, they're so, they're so good. And you know, often um, I look, you know, I do look back at things that I've written and it's so funny how often, you know, a delicious meal that we've had or um, something that we've tried while we've been traveling, um, you know, makes it onto the list of things that you're grateful for. And, um, you know, often it, I'll, you know, I'll try and make a note about like the reaction uh, or the memory. Because, I mean, you know, when you see someone else's face just light up because, you know, they think that something that you've made is just so delicious. Yes. Mm -hmm. it's. 
it's a beautiful feeling and it's a beautiful memory. And I just think, you know, the expression on people's faces, you know, the eyes, it's just gorgeous. And, you know, we do have to take those um, moments to just capture it, you know, almost take a mental uh, mental picture. In mm-hmm, our absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we have been uh, really blessed with um, our stay here in uh, Northern California um, mm. because they have real like summer fruits that have the taste that we hadn't tasted in that way for years Mm, yeah yeah seeing people just bite into a peach that has that kind of taste is quite something you're like yes exactly (laughs) oh you know it's so funny um hearing you say that I I recently did an interview um, with a fellow Australian and I was sort of asking well you know what's a meal that sort of reminds you of home? And she was talking about all the tropical fruits, you know, that are in Australia. And it's mm-hmm. exactly that, that, that there is something about, you know, in some regions of the world, you, you just can't get fruit that sort of tastes like that. You know, the, the ripe mangoes and, um, uh, you know, these sort of really juicy sort of watermelons. And, you know, there really is something um, in that. And I, I love being able to respect the, you know, the produce that comes out of particular regions. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like there is something interesting about moving outside of where you grow up that makes you realize Mm. the preciousness of those things that you kind of take for granted because you've always been around specific produce, for instance. And then you move to another region and you realize that not everyone, not everywhere you can find the same quality of food. And um, and that's something that's really, really important and really interesting to realize as you grow up, I think. Oh, it's, I mean, that just sort of speaks, speaks to my experience so personally. I am, you know, I was born in Australia, raised in Australia, had a Greek background, now, you know, living in London. So in some ways, you know, I do feel like an immigrant myself. And um, I think moving to the UK and sort of being in you know the center of Europe, there is this really strange feeling of being so close to Greece and actually having access to these really beautiful Greek products that I never thought I would be able to cook with you know, so regularly. And I'm, you know, specifically thinking of um olivology at Borough Market and they bring in this beautiful Greek oregano and Greek bay leaves. And honestly, that their produce is so, so beautiful. And I use all their dried fruit and, and nuts and but at the same time, I'm I'm so far away from home, yeah. <laughs> and um, there are some things that you know I just think, oh, I really miss that. And um, I think you know, in particular, you know, lamingtons and pavlovas and things like that, which are, are so part of the Australian food scene. Um, that you know, here, yeah, you know, you do see them, but you don't see lamingtons that that often. <laughs> so it's. Um, it's beautiful because I've really found that being here in, in London, I've just had so much inspiration coming from all the fresh, you know, organic produce. I mean, during COVID, we've been using um, Natura to deliver our weekly shop. And I love their sustainability credentials. And But really, the way that they teach you about the food and the produce and where it's been farmed and where it comes from, um, and just like the wide array of fruits and vegetables that are actually um, available, like I was saying earlier, like having tropea onions, which are grown in Colombia, um, and one of the sweetest onion varieties in the world, and being able to access that, yeah, um, to me is, is amazing. Because coming from Australia, I, I would never get to cook with something like that. 
Um, also, you know, being introduced to nectar veins, which are this stunning, um, like, blood peach cross. I've, I've never seen anything like it living in Australia. So I feel so um, grateful that every month it feels like I'm in awe of what's available, you know, elderflower in, in summer and, you know, fresh chamomile. Um, and just learning, you know, learning about all those small farming methods that, you know, people are, are still using, um, you know, even though it, it may not be, um, you know, commercially sustainable, but to produce this tasty organic food, you know, the way it's sort of meant to be. And um, I really do think that, you know, seasonal eating is so important. And I, I feel like it's such a big part of Greek cuisine, um, particularly, you know, following the Greek Orthodox fasting calendar, because you have so many spring greens around Easter for Lent yeah. and then, you know, all this gorgeous outdoor cooking in summer, um, you know, and heartier sort of stews in winter. And I really feel like living here in Europe, you really can honour that natural sort of cadence and that um, agrarian kind of rhythm to eating and cooking that um, it's just, you know, it's so grounding. Yeah, that, that's... Uh... I mean that I have um, your family with the same background, so it yeah, it totally makes yes. sense what you're saying to me. And um, what talking about those ingredients and uh, techniques, what what would you like to share with uh, our listeners today? What is your favorite, either you know something that you found especially useful as a tip to cook, or maybe your favorite ingredient of the season? What would you like to share about that? You know, I, I, this is a bit of an odd one, but um, it's actually a recent purchase I've made, which is uh, Kilner Butter Churner. I don't know if um, you make your own butter, like churn your own butter, but I've found this just so fantastic over COVID because um, I've been trying to make a lot of things from scratch and trying to kind of use as, as few ingredients as possible. So for me, you know, if I buy a a liter of cream or something, I can turn it into butter, I can turn it into ice cream, I can do all sorts of things with it. Um, so this butter churner, well, first of all, butter is amazing. Um, and it sounds so simple, but good quality butter, it just adds amazing flavor to just about anything you eat. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's actually quite um, a mindful process as well, because, you know, you're working off sort of the touch and the feel and to know when it's ready and sort of washing the butter clean. And um, so what we did is we actually made this whole stack of flavoured butters that we keep in the deep freeze um, and we use it, you know, to cook fish and meat. Um, but it, it's so fantastic. So we've been experimenting with all these different flavours, like wild wild garlic, which is gorgeous. Um, another one was actually um, grapefruit and pink peppercorn, which, was, which is really beautiful with fish. Um, and the really cool thing about it is that you end up with fresh buttermilk Uh, so you can actually use it to make pancakes as well, which I've been doing. So I love my kitchen ga gadgets, and um, that one has been a, a yeah a really terrific find. <laughs> how easy was it to uh, to to churn your butter, and how long does it take? I have no idea. That's something we talked about with my husband, but we've never done. You know, it's a little bit of a process. You have to wait for the um, the cream to sort of come to room temperature and things like that, but. It is, it is really easy. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like a couple of steps and there are um, so many great short videos and things on the internet to show you um, how to do it. And I, I love these sort of videos um, because, you know, you can really sort of get a sense of like look and feel and, and what you're trying to um, 
what you're trying to look out for. So, yeah, it is actually very simple and it wasn't that expensive. Um, I, I forget now, but um, as long as it's sort of like available on Amazon, it, you know, it, it got delivered pretty quickly. Uh, but I think it just, it lets you be so creative. I mean, flavoured butters are gorgeous to cook with and I think it doesn't take much to do um, even like sweet flavoured butters, like, for example, honeycomb um, butter that you can put on pancakes is delicious um, and just gives, I don't know, your meals a little bit of colour and pop that um, is a little bit unusual and lets you sort of put your mark on it. Yeah, and you can even use um, butter if you don't want to go into um, the whole um, process. You can flavor your butter. I know uh, my nephew, who is a, a chef in France, um, does that sometimes when uh, when he has a special dinner and wants to to, as you said, you know, add a little touch and um, a different yes. taste <laughs> that's uh, not expected for people. Yep. It's uh, and it's really good. That's a great idea. I haven't. Um, I haven't done it in a while. Do you know what? It lets you make use of um, herbs that, you know, might be looking a little bit sad in the fridge. Um, you know, if, if you're going to freeze the butter and keep it for later, it's actually a really great way to, to make use of, of those herbs and um, prevent that waste. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it as a bit of a tip, particularly with fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good idea. So I think we've talked about a lot of uh, food love and passion for just uh, feeling more balanced in uh, in your daily life through cooking. Yes. And I wanted to let you talk about how can people look at what you're doing? There's, there is the website and um, what about uh, your social media presence? How can people look at your beautiful recipes and uh, interviews? Honestly, I would love to share uh, more mindful cooking with you. So the, as you say, the best place to go is the website, uh, which is www. Uh, marmaladeandkindness.com and that's all one word and you can sign up uh, to our mindful monday newsletter uh, which is really cool so we we do giveaways from time to time and we've got some really cool events coming up with world values day uh, so all our recipes are up on the website there are essays about food and there are the, the interviews with the female founders which are really cool um, and then the other place you can find me is on instagram uh, so at marmaladeandkindness all one word um, and honestly, I would love to hear from you if you enjoyed this interview. Uh, so don't be a stranger. You know, always feel free to to comment or direct message me. I, I love to I love to hear from people. Thank you so much, Ada. I wish you a beautiful evening, and um, I want to thank you for for that time spent with us today. Oh, thank you. It's been amazing. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you liked it, don't forget to review it on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. And share it. It's the best way to support it. If you don't want to miss any episode, subscribe for free on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to my newsletter to hear my perspective on how you feel at ease in your kitchen. Just go to the website whatgetsyoucooking.com and leave me a note. Tell me how much fun you're having in your kitchen. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.